Imagine the perfect video store. It would have a great selection, right? Right! Over 10,000 videos. Three evening rentals, so no rush, no hassle. Fast checkout. 24-hour quick drop return. Open late every night. Well, the perfect video store... Welcome to video. ...is popping up all over the country. There's one near you. Welcome to the 11th ever episode of the Video Store Junkies podcast, a podcast about movies and the experience of watching them. And now when we say the experience of watching them, obviously how you watch movies is sometimes just as important as what you are watching. And tonight we actually have a discussion not about a specific film, but about the experience of selecting a movie and watching it and the whole ceremony that goes with that. Now today, if you want to go watch a movie, you can load up your favorite streaming service and find pretty much anything you want to watch. You can rent movies on there. Obviously, it's super convenient, but once upon a time, you couldn't do that. You had to actually get in your car, drive to the video store, find a tape. It, hopefully, the tape was actually there to rent, and then drive back home, put it into the VCR, You know, hit play. Hopefully, it was rewound and the tape wasn't all messed up and you didn't have to take it back and get a refund. And obviously, if you're of a certain age, you remember this experience very well. And hey, if you're not, well, I don't know, maybe you learned something from this episode. But tonight we are talking about the experience of the video store. And we're trying to kind of settle the question of, do we actually miss it? Obviously, a lot of people have a lot of nostalgia for the video store and the VHS era. But we're going to kind of analyze that and see if it's warranted. So let's jump right into the discussion and kind of talk about whether or not we miss the video store. Tonight, I am joined by, well, I'm joined by three people who I am going to let introduce themselves for this discussion. And let's go around and just really quick, say who we are. And then let's also say, if you if you can remember, because I know I sure can, what your hometown video store was called and maybe share a memory of it. Let's start with, uh, let's start with Paul. Oh, hi. This is uh, Paul Cardulo, and uh, my hometown video store was Errol's Rents. It was, um, it was a, I lived outside of D.C., and it was a local D.C. chain of, I think it was like rent-to-own electronic shops, but what they did is they, they started having videotapes, and then they started, they became like the big chain of video stores in the D.C. area. And so that was uh, generally where we, uh, that, that was, that was pretty much, um, you know, by the time my parents actually got a VCR, which I think it was like actually when I got to college, <laughs> that's where we'd go get them. And that was that. That's my hometown video store. Uh, and then later when we were older, uh, you know, just various little mom and pop places, uh, we generally hit and didn't really hit Blockbuster that often. Uh, usually like the smaller mom and pop places. So. Uh, do you want me to pass this off to someone else then? Yeah. Okay. Um, how about you, Renee? What What was your, who are you, and what's your video store? Renee, St. Albans. Uh, I had a, we had a local video store that was really close to the house. I want to say the name was uh, Video Library or Video Gallery. It was one of those like little mom and pop stores. Eventually, though, we did get a blockbuster in town. I was probably early teens, maybe when it came in. I don't remember. Um, yeah, so, you know, I had some fun memories of the local video store. 
uh, something that Bill will bring up later that they did <laughs> not have at the Blockbuster. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, I, um, that, was my, that was my local video store, and I enjoyed it, and I'll pass it to Bill. Oh, I, okay, so, you know, this is one of those things where I'm old enough that I, I saw the birth of the video store the golden age of the video store and the long, slow, screamingly, oh. deathly decline of the video store. So yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of weird to see something come and go. That's time moves fast. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember the names of any of these. There were a bunch that I really loved for different reasons. I'll get into the only one that really sticks in my mind was a uh, Vizart, which was more recent, you know, last couple decades, Vizart video. They had one in, um, I think they had one in Durham and there was one in Chapel Hill and I yeah there was definitely one in Durham and I remember it because they had a section that might as well have been called the uh bill section of things that nobody else would ever rent <laughs> things that I had heard of all my life like Kenneth Anger films and the early student films of David Cronenberg and you know, just all these weird films that I'd heard of, but you never would find, you never in a million years would you find it in Blockbuster unless someone made a horrible mistake and ordered one. And there they were. So I just went through that rack. Um, that was fun. I, I, there was a time when I actually kind of thought that's what I'd like to do is open up a video store that specialized in horror and psychotronic film and everything. And thank God I did not do that because I would have lost my shirt. Uh, you know, this was one of the, it was one of those businesses that was just uh, doomed, doomed from the get-go. Technology created it and technology destroyed it, but I loved it. Cool. Well, uh, I guess, I guess I am last here. So I'm Zachary Edgerton and I very distinctly remember our hometown video store, which was Premier's Video in Clayton, North Carolina. And I think there were a couple of video stores, but this was the one that was like the nice one. And it was really like the clean one because there were a couple that were definitely had like the the old man chain smoking behind the counter. And you probably didn't want to <laughs> go into because everything still smelled like stale cigarette smoke. But yeah, this was the nice one. And I have very many fond memories of kind of going through the aisles and kind of looking at all the movies. And I mean, to this day, when we do this podcast and we talk about the video store, this is actually kind of the place that I have in my imagination. And the one of the most exciting days of my childhood was when they, I guess, were successful enough that they opened up a second location just a couple miles from the first one. So I had a whole new kind of library of films to pull from because they had a bunch of titles, which I guess they just never stocked in their first store. So uh, yeah, so that's Premier's video. And we actually didn't, I mean, my town was so small. I mean, this is a small Southern town and we did not actually have a blockbuster until I think like maybe around 2005, which is about wow. five years before they went bankrupt. So yeah, I, I don't know go. if it was, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was one of the last ones, but it was probably, it was probably in the last wave of blockbusters that ever like actually opened before they started closing. So, so yeah, obviously we are a very nostalgic group or, you know, maybe I'm projecting on you guys, but I can say for myself, I'm very nostalgic. We we call ourselves the video store junkies because I remember when I was a kid, I mean, I really was, that was like my go-to thing. At the end of the week, we would rent movies on a Friday night and it was kind of the highlight of my week. And we've obviously been talking about a lot of movies that are a little bit older and we probably saw in our younger years. So I think the thing that is kind of interesting to me is always kind of 
going in and figuring out like where nostalgia is actually about something that was better and where it is just about something that we kind of associate with you know better times or when we were younger and more innocent except for bill who is never young and innocent but the rest of us and so yeah the question at hand today and what we're going to be discussing is do we miss the video store i'll i'll jump in this i miss the video store but i also admit that if the video store were here i'm not sure i'd spend a whole lot of time at it mm. and and it's the nature of things that part of what okay so i grew up if you wanted to watch a horror movie and it was on at two in the morning, you set the damn alarm clock and you woke up at two in the morning, you struggled to stay awake while you watched this thing. There was there was a lot of effort that had to go into it to, to fill up. You know, I wrote down every one I saw, it's so sad, and had a notebook full of them. And then there were those that I hadn't seen yet. I was hoping I would get TV Guide and I'd go through the whole week hoping that there'd be, oh, not Attack of the 50-Foot Woman again. I've already seen it, but I watched it again. Of course I did. And then all of a sudden the video stores come out and this was like, oh my God, this is a dream come true. If I could go to every video store on earth, I'll finally be able to get all the movies that I, you know, I'll, I'll finally get to see them all. So it was still an effort to go out to the different stores because they always stock, you know, they had the blockbusters, but then there was the, the C and D films that were just, they just wanted product. They didn't care what it was. So you could find some, you could find some diamonds in there, a lot of crap, but some diamonds. And it was still an effort to go, how far would you go to find these things? And of course you had to return them. But then... Now we've got, you know, torrents and Netflix and all these streaming sites, and it's almost impossible not to be able to find a film. I mean, it has to be a genuinely lost film. Unless your goal in life is to watch London After Midnight, you can pretty much watch every film that's ever been made. And so it's not an effort anymore, and it takes some of the fun out of it. And I know this is, like, stupid when you say, oh, I like I liked in the old days, we had, we had to work to find clean water. No, you didn't. But there is a certain level of, of enjoyment. You know, it's more fun to go fishing than it is to buy a fish at the fish market. You know, the, it's a lot easier, and that's how you're going to feed yourself, but it, it's more fun to do it. That does Most of the fish I've eaten in my life is not fish I've caught, however. So if the video store were still here to have to get up and go there and browse around, and the worst part, the worst part of the video store was returning the damn thing. <laughs> I think I'm like most people that I will, I'll gladly spend three hours writing a letter and then take years to actually put a stamp on it and go mail it because there's no fun in that. And, and you know, returning a thing. So I'd get these things and I'd have all these fines because it would just sit there. It's like, oh. I got to get up and drive to the video store and dump this thing off. That was the big problem. And and they never really came up with a solution to that. It was called the Dropbox, Bill. They had a nice Yeah, they, I still got to go. Well, <laughs> you still, still had to drive there. there. And the other thing was when, when you went to drop one off, you pick up a new one. See, so for me, the, you were talking about how easy it is to find things nowadays. I don't think it's necessarily that easy. Not everyone is really willing to torrent. Um partially because they might have gotten uh, smacked by their ISP a couple of times and don't have a, you know, di didn't really want to get a VPN or, or they're too cheap to buy the ones that are on VOD. I was just speaking from, from, you know, if it's not on a streaming service I subscribe to where it's free, then I, I'm not going to watch it because it's like, oh, wait, talk about the effort. I got to like, so there's a lot of things that still aren't streaming um, and there might not be torrents for them or things like this. So, I They're actually probably have not going to have videos either. Then. Well, I mean, no, that's the thing. I had a list of about 700 films that 
were were not on the current streaming services at the time that I wanted to see. But in terms of talking about going to the video store, I'm actually in a a a, a different position in that I live six miles down the road from the uh, Alamo Cinema Draft House in Raleigh, which has a fully functioning yeah. video store with seventy thousand titles, ten thousand which are on vintage VHS tapes, and it's free. So I would Chill go back. Off. Back in the yeah, back in the before time, <laughs> before COVID, yeah. I would go once a week at least, and I because you could get the you could rent you could get uh, I think it was two I think it was two out at a time for free for a week, and so I'd I'd get I'd get two movies I'd watch them I'd bring them back get two more movies watch them bring them back and, and it was it was great and those were all things that are on my list of things I could not get on streaming so they're not necessarily I mean the thing with me in terms of the, even if I didn't have that resource, which is a great resource, um, you know, it's, it's sort of a mixed bag for me, whether or not I, I missed the video store. Um, I missed it, it. It's interesting. I mean, was it a plus that you were only going to get one or two movies a night and you had to get everyone in your group to agree to them as opposed to sitting there and spending half an hour scrolling through all the crap and, and getting everyone to agree. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You had to actually, but you had to take, because I, because you had to make the effort to go to the store with the group of people who are going to watch it. I think you were a little bit more agreeable to watch stuff sometimes. Um, discovering stuff. Sometimes it was fun because you're browsing and you're like, like you said here, what's this? I mean, I always like to hit the, uh, the mom and pop video stores that we hit sometimes had a $1 drawer. And it was like a dresser that had anything <laughs> you rented out of this, you could rent for only a dollar. And I was like, oh, wow. So, I mean, that's how I actually, uh, the first time I ever saw The Wicker Man, the original Wicker Man was like in the oh. dollar drawer. And I was like, holy shit, this is a great movie. What's this doing in the in the, in the the crap drawer? Um, so you discovered things that way. But nowadays you go on Amazon Prime to me is the great dollar drawer because we call Renee's laughing because Saturday nights she and my wife and I watch we shitty movies generally on Saturday and lots of times we go to we go to Amazon Prime and then we call it going down the rabbit hole because you follow the the mo other movies like this and that's where you run into things like like sand sharks uh, yeah, uh, yeah. or or uh day uh, oh dear Peter Cottonhell yeah recommend either of those movies don't, don't yeah <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't know if you're a 14 year old boy. Maybe you should. Yeah, watch those exactly. Well, what I'm just saying, though, but that's the kind of thing that you would find at the video store. So I'm yeah. saying you you run into the crap. So to me, there's still that, and so I don't know. I'm not necessarily nostalgic for the video store because I can still find weird stuff. But then there's a lot of stuff that, again, I can you can only really get uh, on DVD. Some a lot of times it's the older things, it seems. So. I don't know. That's my sort of rambling take. I don't know if I actually really came to a conclusion. Um, <laughs> how about you, Renee? What's what's your thoughts? Um, I I was so I was sorry. I was distracted by the dollar bin thing because it reminded me of how we've discovered Robert. So a lot of <laughs> oh, a lot God. of love there for the dollar bin. <laughs> um, I am definitely, you know, the whole sentimental nostalgic type person. I mean, I can get nostalgic over something that happened a week ago. So um, I have a lot. It's for me, everything. I have like a plus and a minus, um, like say the selection. It's wonderful to have such a big selection now. But at the same time, it was a small enough selection that it kind of forced you to make 
a decision a little bit easier. And like Paul said, you know, you don't want to be there forever, even though sometimes you were there forever. Um, but it's like, okay, well, now at least I've got 25 movies to pick from out of this section versus 5,000. So it definitely makes that kind of stuff a little bit easier. I appreciate, you know, that you can definitely rewatch things as much as you want versus, um, you know, that you, when you rented it, you had to kind of watch it within that time frame, and you were kicking it back. Um, and I think for me, probably one of the biggest things that I miss is just kind of just the ritual of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It was like a Friday night thing. And it was, you know, you're hanging out. If you got, you know, you have a friend come over, you head out to the video store, you, you get your movie on the way home, you swing by like, I don't know, checkers, Taco Bell or whatever, grab a pizza, you go home and you spend all night watching the movies. I mean, it was just that it was like the thing to do. And now it's, I mean, I guess you can sit around and do the same thing, but you know, it's the ritual of the whole thing that I think I probably miss the most. Yeah. Yeah. You were yeah. saying about sitting home watching the movies. I guess that is one of the things when you got them, you're like, since you had them a limited time, you were going to watch all of those. You're not going to be yeah. like, like a lot of times we'll watch, sometimes you'll watch a couple of movies and you're like, ah, should we watch another one? Nah. Cause it's going to be there tomorrow. It's going to be yeah. there the next day. It's gonna be there. So as opposed to, like you said, that ritual of renting it, you're like, oh fuck! I got to return this. Uh, so yeah, we, right. We better watch. So there were several times back in the day we'd rent. I think a place we went to, you could rent. Uh, it was it was it was like five movies for some really cheap price. And so my wife and I would rent rent them. And you had them for like three days, and I'd be like struggling. I'd be falling asleep, and I'd wake up like, <laughs> wait, can you rewind that? Because we like you were forcing yourself to finish watching. Wait, wait, yeah, yeah. the number of times that I woke up, I'm like, oh, I can't remember what happened. I fell asleep during it. <laughs> because of that so i guess maybe that's a not and necessarily yourself, five movies is too many to rent for the time that i have in the next three days but it's like when they say you know for an extra nickel we can supersize your fries and your oh, man. i don't even like your fries that much but i'm stupid yeah. if i don't give you a nickel and double the amount of your crappy fries and then you're <laughs> morbidly obese and you have type 2 diabetes and it's like oh but it was a nickel <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, you see, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I think that the thing that I do miss is exactly what you said, Renee, which is, like, the ritual surrounding, because watching the movie was just the kind of ultimate result of, you go to the video store, you probably have something in mind, because if you have one or two video stores, then you probably kind of memorized everything that they have on their shelves. So you probably have a few things in mind, but then you still want to go around and you still want to look and you still want to make sure there's nothing new. And we actually did a 99 cent shelf at our at premieres wow. video. So yeah, we didn't have a drawer, but we did have a shelf that they would rotate out periodically. So you'd always check that because I think uh I think my mom would let me get two movies if it were if they were both 99 cent movies. Nice. So yeah. So I, I think that I do actually kind of miss that. And, you know, it's kind of funny because this isn't really a positive, but when you rented a movie, if you got into it, if you watched it for, you know, 10, 15 minutes and it was bad, well, you, you couldn't take it back and ask for a refund. You were you you were invested. So you would watch that movie end to end <laughs> all the way through the credits. And even if it was absolutely trash, whereas nowadays you, I really do have this thing where I'm just like. And it's not, again, it's not bad because I'm watching a lot more movies that are actually like really good and I can actually kind of concentrate on the things that I really want to watch. But 
then again, I do feel like sometimes I'm just like, oh, you know, nothing happened in the first five minutes of this movie. I'm going to turn it off. And it's like, oh, no, maybe I should I should give it more time because I don't know. My my attention span has definitely gone down. And that's, you know, part, partly a side of the times. But I do remember that feeling of, well, this movie's not very good, but I'm invested and I'm not going to get to rent anything else for another week. So I may as well sit here and, you know, get out of it what I can. So and I also miss the kind of the physical, the I, I don't know, I maybe I don't know if tactile is the right word, but just going around and looking at the video boxes and being able to pick them up and, yes. you know, looking at the the art. And this is something, you know, when we talk about streaming services, we sometimes talk about the presentation. And there are some there are actually a couple of ones that I think do a really good job of this, which is kind of almost replicating that. Whereas other ones like, you know, Netflix is just like, oh, whatever, you know, throw it in their face, uh, make some piece of shitty key art that may or may not actually have anything to do mm-hmm. with the movie. And I don't know, there's there's definitely you kind of miss that whole experience of looking at the box. You know, you you also didn't have the Internet. So it was sometimes like you look at the cast and look at the crew if you're if you're really into movies and be like, do I recognize any of these names? You know, so I don't know. I miss all that on the flip side. I do think that and I've been thinking about this a lot recently, too, because I've I think I've told you guys I've been getting back into physical media. I sold I had a huge VHS collection when I was a kid. I think I got rid of all of them. I, you know, probably gave most of them to Goodwill. But and I kind of regret it now because I probably had some stuff I would have wanted to keep. But nowadays, I'm I'm finally after like 20 years, I'm kind of getting back into physical media because like, yeah, maybe I do want to own these movies that I love so much and, and get them on, you know, Blu-ray and even if they're on streaming and get all, you know, get, get director's commentary and special features and all that good stuff. And I do think we are, I mean, we are living in just the best time ever to be alive. If you're a movie fan, because of what, what Bill oh, said, yeah. I mean, you can get any, any film either. I can either order it online. I can find it on a streaming service. If it's uh, something that is out of print, not that I would ever torrent anything that's actually in print, but if it's something that's truly rare and you absolutely yeah. can't actually purchase it, then yeah, maybe maybe you go find it on a torrent site. But it's it, and you can watch them. You know, I can get a 4K video, I can get a 4K Blu-ray, I can watch it in you know the the comfort of my own home. On I don't actually have a 4K TV, but if I wanted to buy one with a 5.1 Dolby surround sound, like I can get pretty close to a theater setup without having to go to the theater. And I think that I, yeah, I I think it's actually hard for me. Like I remember all these, I actually remember movies that I watched on VHS and I was like, I I knew that they were like, you know, well shot movies or whatever, but it's not until you go back and watch them now. And these were movies that came out before I was born. So I never got to watch them in the theater, but I go back and watch them now on Blu-ray and it's just like, Oh my gosh, this is such a beautiful film. And I probably never would have known if it hadn't been for the progress of technology. So I think, you you know, you can finally see films as they were intended to be seen by the creators. And you can honestly probably spend a fraction of what you would, if I would spend a dollar 99 on a video, you know, a week, whereas I spend, you know, what, $5 a month on my shutter subscription and I can watch an endless supply of horror films. So I don't know. I, I, I think, uh, I wish, I wish every city had, uh, what, what Paul has, which is the, the Alamo, uh, thing where you can go and, and pick up tapes and browse them and talk to other people. But then you can also come home and, you know, if you want to just stream 
you know, humanoids from the deep, you can do that as well. I agree a lot about the box covers. I really, yeah, I love, I love covers, looking yeah. at, yeah. And I, like that's the art and, yeah. I mean, it, you know, okay. The DVDs, they can, they have some and everything. The, the biggest loss was when we went from vinyl records to CDs <laughs> and the artwork just became postage stamp size and all we lost so much. It means I, I, I'm, I'll admit I bought some albums just because I like the cover. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, it's funny that it's funny that now vinyl's coming back because it is actually a higher fidelity than CDs. So it is actually in many ways superior. So now it's kind of making a comeback. So what we really need is we, we need laser discs to make a comeback. Oh God. God. I yeah, we had laser disc. Uh that 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 died a bloody death. Um <laughs> yeah, so you know, back to back to the video stores. I mean, there are things I loved about them and, and I love the mom and pop stores because I was looking for obscure things. You know, my, my wife or ex-wife, whoever, whichever one I was married at the time, um, would, would probably want something more recent. You know, it's like, oh, Sister Who, the Traveling Pants comes out this week. And you run <laughs> there and all 40 copies are gone. So then you're left looking for something else. All sad. But I like the like, obscure I, stuff. I didn't get Sister Who, the Traveling Pants, but I did get Sisterhood on VHS. Oh, lucky you. <laughs> lucky you. Uh, you know, the, the mom and pop stores are great because there were different kinds. There were some who the people who ran it were clueless, yeah. like clueless. Like we're still renting Tracy Lord's videos long after that was a big illegal no-no, clueless. And but my favorite one was one when I lived in Denver. It was a store. I never saw another customer besides myself, ever. There was a very sweet woman from India behind the counter. She was there 24-7, as near as I could tell. Spoke no English, very pleasant. Um, the, the, the videos were completely, they weren't in any order whatsoever. If this oh. wasn't a money laundering operation, I don't know <laughs> what is. Because they, they there was no effort to really make it. And, and because this was clearly mob-owned, um, the, the videos were also completely gray market illegal dupes. You know, where the, the, the covers were scanned. But I found all kinds of really cool European uh, giallo and crime dramas and stuff that I don't think actually ever had a real release. Maybe they did in Italy. Somehow they had, you know, they were there. So that was fun. But you had to, you know, start at one corner and say, I'm going to devote today. I'm going to spend an hour just going through this section because they're not arranged by genre or the alphabet or any code I could figure out. So those were kind of fun because that's an adventure. You never know what you're going to find. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I do. I do kind of miss the because I remember, yeah, in the like advent of of home video, when people realized there was a lot of money to be made after VHS became big and like the weirdest places would have like I, I remember. I don't know if you guys have these in, in your where you lived, but uh, around where I lived, you had the self storage and video rental places. Which for uh -huh. some reason you could, yeah, it was a, it was one of the self storage places where, you know, buy a little storage unit, but then they also had like the side business of doing video rentals. So those were like kind of random. They, they probably got from when people stopped paying for their storage. Yeah. Yeah. Farmore was, I, I like to go into Farmore, which was like a, it was like sort of a, it was like a big lots type yeah. uh, store. And they had, they had $1 uh, VHS tapes and they also rented nes games too Ooh. so yeah so that was always kind of cool i'd go by that was when we lived that was when we lived in uh florida at uh in um, oh. yeah they had the farmer had the one dollar 
rentals. So that was, I forgot. Oh, that was the, you know, uh, thanks for bringing that up. I totally forgot. That was one of the best things ever when suddenly you walked in there and the video store was also renting Nintendo, Coleco, Intellivision, yeah. all these, you know, because those games were expensive back then. Mm. You know, they, 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 they were big bucks back when bucks weren't as big. Yeah. 60 you know? bucks for a SNES game. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, you know, you buy that and then you go home and you're like, Christ, they made a crappy ET game. Well, you'd feel pretty burned. <laughs> but for, for just a few bucks to rent it, then you could go back and say, oh, thank God I did not buy this piece of crap. It would burn the place down. So right. that and, was fun. And most of them weren't like, you know, they weren't like games that you would spend 20 hours playing. So yeah, you, you could you could play it in a weekend and decide, is this any good? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually completely forgot before you mentioned it, Paul. But yeah, the the so many grocery stores would like rent videos. Oh, I, I know at least yeah. like where I lived, and it's like kind of rent. Uh, they they would not have a lot of stuff, but they would have like a couple, which I guess is still technically a thing because now you have like red boxes in grocery stores. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember a lot of yeah, Seven Elevens. Seven Elevens. There were Seven Elevens near us that had had tapes, which was like so bizarre. Like, yeah, I'll go rent stuff at the 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's sort of like, you know, uh, slot machines in Vegas. You know, oh, God. Yeah. No, it's true, because yeah. I think it was one of those things where, like, you you could get into the business pretty easily. And, you know, the overhead wasn't super high. And then it was very profitable because, at you know, if they were charging three or four bucks for a, a video for, like, two nights or whatever, and it was in high demand. You could make your money back in you know a couple of weeks. Then it was all profit. I also remember the old days where a movie came out in the theater, and then it wouldn't come out in video for like six months after it left the theater, and then you couldn't even buy it because they had the like uh, the the video store only deals where it was like mm-hmm. I guess technically you could buy a copy if you really wanted to, but they were like a hundred dollars. Do you guys remember that? Oh yeah, no, I remember because I, sure. I think. When the first time I saw like that they sold, they were selling, it was like Indiana Jones or something at McDonald's. I'm like, what? And it was like, you know, $14. I was like, what? Yeah. How, <laughs> that's how are they selling this videotape so cheap? So cheap. Wow. $14. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bargain at that's twice the price. I discovered that if you took two VCRs and connected them together. <laughs> yeah. And you hit record <laughs> on one of them. Solve that problem. Yeah. Yeah. You could solve that problem. And then it, then it became, it was sort of an, it, it was sort of a, a harbinger of what the, uh, downloading wars and torrenting and everything was going to be where the, the studios would keep coming up with, well, we got a new program that keeps you from being able to copy this. And it's like, yeah, macro-vision. The film. yeah, macro, all these things, which were laughably ineffective because they're, they're, they're going against people whose entire life is spent thinking of ways of breaking this. Um, but yeah, that, yeah. That, you know, that was yeah, ridiculous. I mean, I liked, I did that actually for other things. I was actually making my own music tapes and stuff. I was, oh God, what an ordeal. Now that I think about this, if I had to go back and do this, I'd slip my wrists. I mean, we would, I would make party tapes with scenes from movies and stuff by doing the two VCR thing and then putting music in there. It was really, really elaborate. And I can't believe I ever did that. Now, you know, it's just the easiest thing in the world with like Adobe Premiere, all kinds of, all the things you could do. But again, it was like that was a time when if you gave a girl a mixtape, an actual oh. mixtape, that meant something because she knew what a pain in the tuchus that was to do. Yeah, <laughs> to put the record on there and then run and press the thing just right and then, you know, not cut off the last song. And you put a lot of thought and effort into the order of the song so you didn't look like a total loser. 
And, we had to uh, add together the time too to make sure, like you said, that you had just the right amount of time. Yeah, this sap put effort into this. You know, maybe he has good genes. Will provide me with mm -hmm. you know children, whatever. It was you know, and you know nowadays, like I made you a mix CD. It's like, oh, could you spare the time? Wow, that's you know, okay, Adobe Audition. <laughs> wow, thank you. It takes no effort to make a mix CD. So people yeah. out there, if 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 someone. If someone, you know, gives you an actual mixtape, you know, you just look them in the eye and say, what the hell am I supposed to play this in? Because yeah, <laughs> if you're and if they give you a mix eight track, oh, my God, marry them on the spot, because I don't even know how you would do that. I made you a Spotify playlist, baby. Oh, boy. oh my God. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Loser. So you know, this might be one, one other thing I kind of wanted to mention, which is kind of tangential to this conversation. But. And this might just be the nostalgia talking because I know that looking back, a lot of this stuff probably was garbage. But I will say another thing that I actually kind of miss from the VHS era is that there was a lot of product being made, like the direct-to-video market became a thing. And a lot of that was because there just wasn't enough product. Like if you if you read uh, some of Lloyd Kaufman's books, he, he pretty much says that the reason that Troma became a thing was that these video stores were just desperate for product because people wanted to rent movies. They wanted, you know, they were buying VCRs and the big studios just weren't putting out enough of their films fast enough. So there were a lot of these straight to video operations that sprung up. I feel like so much of that stuff is even some of the really bad stuff is still far, far better than a lot of the straight to streaming crap we get today. And obviously now we are seeing a lot of films that are like, big Hollywood budget, you know, quality yeah. films. We have, you know, a, I think in a month or two, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead comes out, which I'm really looking forward to. It's like a hundred million dollar movie or whatever. But th there's also a lot of this just trash that's coming out. And I don't know, I feel like there, even even the trash that came out in the VHS area, era was, had a little more artistry to it than some of the stuff we're seeing these days. Yeah, it was mostly shot on film. So, you know, it, it had that look. It wasn't, you know, I guess toward the mid-80s or so is when everything started getting shot on video. Um, I mean, I feel like I feel like we just missed our chance. Like, if we'd made a Fistful of Brains 15 years earlier, boom, that would have been, that would have been a, you know, a box office hit at the video store. Because they <laughs> did, you're right, they needed content. And, yeah, they, they were dredging up stuff. I mean, that was one of the other things. There are films out there that no one can figure out where they came from. Uh, there, there's mm -hmm. one called The Revenge of Dr. X. Um, you got to see it to believe it. And it's it's a true mystery. People have spent years trying to unlock where the hell this thing came from. Because there's evidence that Ed Wood may have written the script. And it, it reads like an Ed Wood script. It, it's 100% you know, believable. The, the, the box cover has a wildly inaccurate description and gives, and gives a, a cast list that is no, nowhere near accurate. So where did it come from? Why, why has no one ever heard of it? What was the real name of the movie? And bit by bit, pieces have come out about this film. So I guess they just had it lying around. They copied it, gave it the first name, a fake name and a fake cast, and just sent it out there, leaving the rest of us to wonder, what is this and where did it come from? Yeah, that was a cool time. Anything like you made, anything you made would get would get released. It's like the ring. Um, yeah. It's just that, <laughs> this, yeah, it's still, it's still, yeah, yeah. 
it was still hard to make a film because you still had to make it on maybe 16 millimeter would be the cheapest you could get away with. So there wasn't the ability of every Tom, Dick and Harry to make a film, which is the problem now that everyone can make films. Now I'm not complaining because I'm one of those dicks, but <laughs> you know, if, if I still had to make a film, you know, with 16 millimeter and actually cut it by hand, I, I would not probably have too many names on my IMDB list, but look at me. I got a whole bunch. <laughs> Because I could go do it. I'm going to do one next weekend, actually, you know? So, yeah, that's awesome. But when you have that much product, everything kind of gets lost, which is why we need things like, you know, the uh, just the Q-tips to let people know what good stuff is out there. Yeah, no thank you for the plug. Yeah, yeah, bring, yeah. bring it all back. Yeah, if you'd like to listen to our Q-tips installments every week, we give you uh, half a dozen recommendations for what to watch on streaming. So check those out. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. Do do we want to kind of sum up our our final thoughts on this and see if we can ultimately answer the question of do we miss the video store? Sure. <laughs> go go for it. <laughs> Take it away, Paul. Oh oh me crap yeah. Uh... <laughs> So it, it, again, it's it's a little weird for me because since I do actually have access to a video store, as it were, um, I, I don't necessarily miss it. Like I said, the only thing probably I think Grenade hit the nail on the head when she said it's the ritual, and I think that's that's probably the one thing I miss most. Otherwise, uh, we have an, a you know an overabundance of of films to choose from, and uh, so currently, so I, I think. I don't necessarily miss it, but I, I do look back on it fondly. Um, but I just replace it with other rituals instead. So, um, so, um, so I'll, I'll I'll kick it over to Renee since we watch the movies together. So. Yeah, um, I, I you know it's funny because I think of what Bill said, where I kind of do in a way. But if there was a video store down the road, would I go to it? Probably not. If I were younger, I probably would. But now I'm at a point in my life where I really just don't ever want to leave the house unless I absolutely have to. Um, and it's also just kind of timely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I, you know, I don't know if I actually would go to the video store if it was here. Um, but I do kind of miss it a little bit. But at the same time, like Paul said, now there's new rituals. And this is a great ritual because we're in two completely different states and it's stuff you couldn't do before. And yeah it's true actually yeah. i think uh yeah oh you're talking about when you watch movies together sorry yeah. yes well i thought you were talking about the, the doing a podcast i was like yeah that's, that's oh that's too something. well that too, that too though that too. yeah that too and if video stores were still here we wouldn't have a podcast about how much we missed them that's true, that's true. we wouldn't have had the uh, nostalgia factor that's so. right that's right but we might be being paid by a video store to pimp their wares so <laughs> oh that's true yeah, it's funny because, Renee, like you said, if there was a video store near me, I would probably go there. I'd probably browse and then I probably I wouldn't rent anything because I can just get everything on streaming. So uh, that's you know probably why they obviously went out of business in the first place. Uh, <laughs> I do wish I had an Alamo draft house uh, to, to browse. And I will yeah. say, as I've been uh, getting back into physical media, I've seen that some of these some of these labels do have like physical stores that you can go to i think there's actually one in in uh in somewhere in florida where they i think it's like grindhouse video and i'm like oh man when the pandemic's over and i can travel maybe someday i would want to go somewhere like that because yeah i do kind of miss that that ritual of just going through looking at movies picking them up i'll tell you what what someone needs to do is when we make the kind of next leap 
the next like uh, technological epoch leap to like to everything actually be actually being virtual reality. Someone really does need to make streaming services into give you the option to basically have like a physical virtual space where you can go into and you can yeah. actually pick up all the video boxes and you can look at them and you can wander around and you know you can smell the stale cigarette smoke from the proprietor and that sort of thing because i think i think that would actually be really fun um probably a super niche thing but yeah someone needs to make that happen so yeah i think i will interject really fast i'm so sorry oh, yeah. uh Grindhouse Video is in Tampa, Florida, so Bill can go there when hey. he visits the Whoa, family. Oh, oh, yeah. oh let me know. I'll drive up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, pick me up something good and send it over because. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> send you a photo yeah. of me and Bill. Have I'll a, send you a <laughs> selfie of me enjoying my swag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So ultimately, I would say, man, I am so nostalgic. Like I said, I, I still think of the, the hometown video store. Um, I still like me when I talk to my old friends from uh, from my hometown, we still kind of mention it from time to time. But I think ultimately we live in such a such a golden age of home cinema that yeah. I, I I miss the experience. But man, yeah, I, I would not go back to the old video store probably for anything, honestly. <laughs> well, you know, when you talk about nostalgia, you talk to someone my age. I mean, do I wish it were. 1985 again hell yeah i do because i'd be 25 years old my back would hurt my prostate would be back to the side of the acorn. i was gonna ask you bill do you do you miss the silent era yes you know i think i think we lost a lot when when they went to sound you know there was a lot of artistry in those silent films actually that's the thing you know you just what was it like when you when i was a kid you know there was nowhere to go to see silent films i heard of mm. harold lloyd but they, they're not going to play it at the local bijou but uh, there you go. There's a silent film section and you discover that some of the most brilliant artistic stuff ever done was when these artists who had been making plays or whatever they did back then, cabarets, suddenly were given a camera and they're like little kids who've been given a toy or humans if we found a crashed UFO at Area 51. We're just like going nuts with it and see, like, I can throw it in the air, wee! And they were, they were swinging on ropes. They were literally swinging on ropes. They had such a great time. And then sound came along and the cameras like quadrupled in size to, to for the sound equipment and everything became just basically a play. The first few years of sound film are dreadful. Um, but anyway, do I, you know, missing the, I just, I, I really liked it. And, and I guess this is like with Hammer too. Um, when things started going wrong, it's sad, but when, when, when death is inevitable, interesting things happen because they're throwing stuff against the wall. And as one video store after another would go out of business, the remaining ones would buy up their stock for pennies on the dollar, you know, just gloating and rubbing their hands. And then they'd be stuck with all this crap that they couldn't get rid of. And that's when things were fun. I mean, I'll never forget it. One of the video stores in Wichita coming across Oritsuka Doji in the children's cartoon section. And I, I like, as funny as it was, I had, I, I, in good, I could not, I could not, you know, be a good Christian if I didn't take this up in front of them and say, listen, okay, you are about to make a horrible mistake that is going to haunt you and get you shut down and, and uh, watch this film and you tell me if it belongs in the cartoon section. But and, kids uh, like cartoons with monsters in them. They do. It's they got do. tentacles. If, and if tentacles you don't know what, objects. oh boy, 
if you don't want to, if you don't know what a Ritsuka Doji is, it's actually it's worth watching just to find out that the Japanese even do porn better than we do. <laughs> we never, we never did. I mean, at least they they make a more, they have more imagination about it, and also really weird hangups like, oh, we can't show pubic hair, but we can show a giant monster with seventeen penises that shoot out laser beams and destroy a city. It's like, yeah, that's healthy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we never did talk about the little room in the back with the beaded. Curtain. Oh boy! Oh, that's right. curtains so that you went through. You could not sneak in there because if you did, it was like clackety clackety clackety. Everyone <laughs> turned to look at the pervert, the deviant going in there. It's like, oh, I thought this was to the restroom. Like, every oh, week, whatever. every week he tried to pull that one. Um, did, yeah, did, 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 did you guys? Did you guys actually have? Because this is something that you know uh, it's obviously kind of a cliche. You always hear about the back room that you know the beaded curtain. Uh, none of the, and maybe it was because I was in a small southern town, but none of the video stores I had in my hometown had a back room. Did you guys? Do you guys ever actually go to a video store that had one? Errol, oh, certainly, yeah. Errol certainly yeah. didn't, but. The, some of the smaller mom and pop ones did. Yeah, yeah. me too. And they but had Errol's a special cloth curtain. Because it's mom and pop. They literally look like your mom and pop sitting there, you know, and you're just like, well, this is not going to work. I'm not going to rent for your thighs only and, and have to hand it. And, you know, you sand, what are you going to sandwich it in between Disney flicks and everything? It's like, oh, that's a nice one. Oh, but yes. those are the ones that have Jimmy though. Stewart. He's my favorite. And then it's like, oh, yeah. You watch her face fall. She's very disappointed in you. <laughs> or so I hear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I think this has been a fun trip down memory lane. Is there anything anyone wants to say before we head out for the night? Make sure you rewind your tapes before you turn them in. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you you're at, if, if, if you're going to Alamo Draft House, make sure you rewind your tapes. Well, they actually sure do. They you have, rewind they have, your uh, DVDs for that matter. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah. Well, I they always actually, say they do have they have a they have an extensive VHS collection, including the Wild Women of Wongo. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I, I always yes. say uh, I always say rewind your Betamax tapes and uh, resleeve your laser discs. So, Paul, have you actually watched Wild Women of Wongo? No, I haven't. But it, it came up as a as a prompt in a game we were playing at at uh, my mom's house, and then lo and behold, there it was on the shelves at the Alamo. It's better than Mesa of Lost Women, but not by much. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure that's right, but yeah. that's good to know. Well, we'll yeah. go back and watch both of them and, and do an episode. Um, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for. Uh, I think this was a fun discussion. Hopefully, some folks at home who are old enough to remember the video store had fun listening along. And if you were sitting at home thinking about your memories about the video store, or if you have thoughts on this subject, feel free to drop us a line. Uh, we don't do snail mail because we are in the 21st century, but you can hit us up on Twitter at Video Junkies Pod, or you can find our email if you go to www.videostorejunkies.com. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you, especially your thoughts on this subject, which is obviously very near and dear to all of our hearts. Hey, I do snail mail, but one, I am not giving out my address, and two, <laughs> I, I do not want you licking the back of a stamp and sticking and then sending it to me. I don't know what horrific variant form of COVID you're carrying. <laughs> well, that, that shows that shows how old Bill is because I don't, I don't think they've done lick and stick stamps for about uh, 15 years now, but what? I think, yeah, yeah all no, the stamps they're, they're, are still they're, they're feeling sick now, Bill. Yeah. I think I like most no, most no. of the most of the envelopes are are still looking stick though. So. Well, that's why the stamps yeah. cost so damn much. They come with their own, you know, self adhesive. Wow. <laughs> 
what, yeah. soft, what soft little snowflakes we become. There's, oh, no, I don't want to lick the back of a stamp. It tastes like poison. Yeah. Oh. So, says the guy who's just complaining about all the germs on there. <laughs> you can't have it both ways, Bill. Oh, I, 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 yes, I have my cake and I eat it too. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think we can I think we can safely say good night everyone. Good night. Good night everybody. So I met this girl. I asked her to dinner in a movie. She asked, "What do you have in mind?" So I said, "Make it a tonight and a border night too. Go to Taco Bell, buy tacos or burritos and a medium drink. Get a free video." for a two-for-one video rental when you buy food and a medium drink at Taco Bell. Cross the border.